Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Stop weekend episode. For I, you know, I was thinking about this uh, when I was setting everything up. Um, w- this is the first time that we've ever recorded on a Sunday. We've recorded things on like Saturdays before with like Thank interviews. You. I think we've recorded pretty much in any other day of the week. Sundays is this is the first Sunday that we've recorded. Sunday with uh, American football on, not uh, regular football. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, not like thing. we're sitting here watching. We're not. It's not like we're sitting here at a pub. It would be great, except that if it wasn't the FIFA break, so like none of the games start until noon today. So yeah, um, I was gonna say, there's not a single game on at ten twenty three. Uh, played. Actually, sorry, Kazakhstan is playing is up yes. one something on Northern Ireland. Uh, Lebanon, Lebanon beat India in a friendly earlier today. <laughs> um, yeah, Kazakhstan is playing uh, Northern Ireland right now. <laughs> And then that's pretty much uh it's pretty much it really. Like there's I mean, there's some other lower division uh or some other countries that have their second and third divisions playing and things like that, but but for the most part, I mean England's women's championship, so the second division of England is uh is playing right now. We're hey, digging uh, deep here. We're digging deep. <laughs> yo, Crystal Crystal Palace winning nine one this morning. The women? Yeah. Wait, what league is that? Women's championship? Women's England Women's oh. Championship nine to one, my man, nine to one, and only three goals in the first half. Hey, six goals, six goals, and then the goal they gave up was in the ninety fourth minute. So, um, so yeah, so there, I mean, you're looking at the Finland league. You like the they Finland? Had three, they had two players with a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're looking at the Italia Serie C. <laughs> Third division of Italy. The Ram League. Yeah, there's not there's not a whole lot going on. <laughs> we are definitely reaching for the stars here. Um better off finding a college soccer game today. Yeah, yeah. I mean the second division of Spain's playing, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot going on. Sweden, Sweden's playing, Sweden's still going on. Um, oh no, actually, no, that's the second division of Sweden. <laughs> so <laughs> there's not a ton going on. Um, all right, but um, but we we are now moving into this this uh interesting weekend schedule. I have heard from uh some different uh some different fans that uh the fact that it wasn't on Fridays has been a bit of a change. It killed the work day, <laughs> yeah, it killed the work day, man. This is what people were looking for on that Friday night on that Friday drive home. Um, so, but we're, but we're out here on the weekend. Um, I think going forward, it'll be a mixture between Friday, Saturdays or Sunday, depending on what day we record. There may be some options of sometimes where we record two episodes in one day and we release one the week after we'll, we'll figure it out. But ultimately, um, I was looking at the school calendar to see when like the next like planned day off was or professional yeah. development. Yeah. I got two professional developments, October 12th and 13th. So like. Yeah, so do I. The problem is that that thirteenth one, like I have an all like all day professional development day. Like I'm actually you, in a meeting all day. You should have an hour for lunch. Yeah, luckily it's in my school, so I can easily go to my classroom. So that might that may work. Um, but yeah, so after 166 weeks, we got real jobs. It took us 
After 166 weeks, we have finally um, broken the Friday streak. We finally got real jobs. Took us three years to get real jobs. Friday, the Friday streak was was broken. Uh, this episode no longer on a Friday. Um, so that one was a little tough to not to not release it on a Friday, but uh, but yeah, so yeah, it was the first week of school. Um, I kept getting the so there was two things that happened. One, I did one of those uh those like boards, you know, like the first day of school boards. Oh, yeah, don't I don't do this. <laughs> and then, but but what it said when it said, uh, "What do you want to do when you? What do you want to be when you grow up?" My response was alive. <laughs> so uh, I just want to be alive when I grow up. We grow up in the hood. No, I'm just. I just want to be alive, man. I just want to. I just want to enjoy the moment. Um, I kept getting. I kept getting the question of like, you know, how do you, you know, how do you like, how do you like being a teacher, or what's, you know, how do you like your first week of teaching? My response the majority of the week has been, uh, well, I've chosen to come back tomorrow. <laughs> I haven't quit. So, uh, so that's kind of been my motto with it. I've enjoyed it, and I'm enjoying it right now. So every morning I wake up wanting to go to work. So so far four four days I've I've woken up wanting to go to work. Good. I had issues on Friday because I haven't worked on Friday. I don't know how long. Yeah. Um. So my alarm, especially like with the summer camp, my alarm was Monday through Thursday. Like wake uh, up early. But luckily, I woke up two minutes before my alarm was supposed to go off, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I was like, "This could have been bad." Um, so now you know now you gotta change that alarm get that i did change the alarm but everybody like the running joke at my school is oh you're here so early or oh look it's friday you're working (laughs) i was like no i'm just dropping off my sub plans i'm leaving i don't work fridays (laughs) people like literally looked at me like you might be for real (laughs) you might have gotten that done it's like if when you go back to you know it's like when you you think back to the colleges for the first three years of college I didn't have a single Friday class. Why? Don't you have Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes? Not me. I I was able to, for whatever reason, able to not not get into that schedule. So I had no no Friday classes for the first three days, first three years of college. It's interesting. Actually, the majority of my college career, I think, of my college like stay, I don't think I I had maybe one Friday class, and that was it. Um. But yeah, because I, I, especially as I dove deeper into my, into my, uh, into my degree, I had a lot of night classes. So I had a lot of like once, you know, once a week, four hour classes, or yeah, or twice a week at night. So like two, a lot of Tuesday and Thursday classes. Yeah, I was I was definitely a Monday, Wednesday, Friday guy just because of the fifty minute classes. It was yeah, it was, it was hour and fifteen ones. I'm like looking at it fifty minutes getting up. I'm like, oh wait, no, <laughs> another hour. Um, so yeah, so bad. I have compared teaching to coaching already in my first week. I had to do a spelling test, I was looking at my results, and then uh, went to my reading coach who happens to be a soccer parent. Okay, like, oh, this is like practice. I was like, now I've got to find the deficiencies in the game to improve my players' results. Play yeah. practice, play. Yeah, and she was like, she laughed. I was like, no, I'm serious though. Like, this is. The same thing I would do in soccer. If a kid didn't know how to dribble, my team didn't know how to dribble, I'd, I'd have to go back and, and find a session that was 
to their level to help improve their dribbling and, and repeat and a lot of repetition to build those results. Yeah. Just like coaching. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I have found that I've, uh, so Friday was, I feel like my first day of really my first official day of like fully teaching, um, because I didn't have any of the, uh, we, we have a lot of like, we had a lot of mandatory things that we needed to get through, uh, depending on which period it was, which class it was, you had to, you know, show a presentation or go over something that was like a school-wide thing. Uh, so Friday was the first day where it was really just my curriculum and just my stuff. Um, so I did find that there was a lot of, uh, I've chosen to take the approach, especially with the subjects that I'm kind of teaching. I've chosen to take the approach of a lot of independent learning. Um, so a lot of let, let them play kind of thing, um, which has been, which again, it's, has been a, a good opportunity for me to do a lot of individual check-ins, um, which I do enjoy. Um, so, which is not, not too far off from what I do from a coaching standpoint. Um, it has been interesting. And the most interesting part has been switching from, from the classroom to the field. Right. Right. Switching the point of deck. Right. Right. Of right after school, going from one to the other has been pretty, pretty interesting. Um, I think. The transition, considering I'm coach, I'm teaching. Sorry, I'm teaching some of the players that I coach. Um, there are some of the players in my classes. The transition from Sebastian to Mister Acosta has kind of like <laughs> been a little bit different. And they're like, "Well, what if we call you Mister Sebastian?" I was like, "No, that's not enough." Like, you don't go by coach. Well, and, I, and that's what I told them. I was like, "You just call me coach. Like, that's perfectly fine with me." Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I feel like a lot of teachers, especially in high school, they coach. Like the mister was weird. Yeah. For for your players. So it's just like just coach. Because like you because you pick up on those voices too, and you're like, wait, what do you who who are you calling? Yeah. Yeah. No, so I, I think I think I'm I might address it. Like coach is gonna be fine. The the funny part is like the majority of the students that I have, I don't coach. So they're like, wait, why why are we calling you coach? Um I had a student come up to me and say, You look like a coach, can I call you coach? I said, sure. That that floats your boat. <laughs> Um, I had a student come up to me uh, at this like senior sunrise thing and told me I look like a football coach. And I said, what, what does that mean? And, like, you just look like a football coach. Like you're, you're coaching the old line. And I was like, I don't really know what that means. So. Interesting. Yeah. yeah but, I mean, I'm, I'm following the play practice play model. No yep. independent. We come up to the board, we practice, go back to independent. Yeah. And then, you know, if you need, and that gives the while you're doing the play, if you need support, you come come get coached up, right? That gives you the opportunity to go coach coach your players up. So yeah. um right, well, first week of uh travel this weekend. Yeah for a, lot, for a lot of people. You had your first week or first day of rec at the first New day of rec. Shout out to spot. shout out to Josh getting the first win with uh Delaware Football Academy girls right. um, in history. So they won their first game. Um, so we started off the day one and zero. You know, first game. Technical director built it up. Probably scheduled it that way too. <laughs> Get the first game. <laughs> let me take. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me, let me make it fall within my circle of control. Yeah. Yeah. That's all good. I finally beat my technical director in a scrimmage. Yeah. There you go. 
took, <laughs> took a lot of technical directors to play and directors <laughs> too, but following up that first one want to know a dfa playing the technical director i'm not there playing you. him anymore no you're done you're done <laughs> no more scrimmaging um and then yeah first weekend of wreck at delaware turf so new new stopping grounds for me it was pretty cool um you know, they had the mini kickers, three and four year olds, um, in four different fields. Coach Hillary making a making a return, um, back to some mini kickers, and then you know U six, U eight, U ten, and U twelve all all kicking off with games. Um, a lot of colorful jerseys. Yeah. So everybody's named after. They have La Liga, MLS, the Premier League. La Liga, MLS, the Premier League, and missing something. Bundesliga, Serie A. Bundesliga. Bundesliga. League One, Uber Eats. Nah, <laughs> those, just those, and, you know, there's some changes. Is it, is it EA, La Liga, EA Sports? Nah. <laughs> La Liga is only the U6 teams. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, think there's, I think there's Barcelona, Real Madrid, and then, then they put Real Betis. Betis. <laughs> Betis in there. Nice. I coached I coached the Wolfsburg game yesterday. Okay. Got, you know, I was tied up, gave up the first goal, came back, tied it up 1-1. Made some very tactical halftime adjustments. I think I won 5-3. The interesting part is for the Bundesliga is that, like, some of the some of their names are like fire, like are easier. The other ones are a lot harder to. Oh, like, I mean, Wolfsburg was easy. Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg took down Bayern. Yeah, that one's easy. But then when you start diving deeper into like the, well, the media, that, the like Union, Union Berlin is not bad. Köln's not bad. Leipzig's not bad. But when you start looking at Bayern Leverkusen. Well, that's why they they made it U twelve the team that only has like the smaller amount of teams, yeah, right. So that way you don't have to get into like Borussia Mönchengladbach. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that's what I was yeah like <laughs> Hoffenheim. <Yeah. laughs> that's why that's why MLS and um, the Premier League have the the age groups with the most amount of teams. <laughs> so that way, you is anybody is anybody too. in the MLS one? Is anybody club the foot? Nah, but Enter Miami definitely got the call up. Nice. So yeah, it, it's it's pretty, it's pretty cool how they try to match the the jerseys up with the with the team colors. Cool. Um, some of them you do have to go down to their like third kit based on what what jersey colors are available. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you almost you almost want to make it that there is no Philadelphia Union team because like it'll it's almost like unfair for the kids that aren't on that team the fact that like there's like a select group that aren't on that team. Yeah, I don't think there might be a union. I don't know. I was handing out jerseys for a little bit, then I had to go get these dubs. <laughs> but I mean, like um, Everton's wearing yellow, and I guess that was their third kit, like maybe like three or four years ago. But <laughs> like, nobody, I mean, you can't make it lead. Like Leeds would be the logical choice, but I don't think anybody else in the Premier League is wearing yellow. Uh, Watford is Watford in the Premier League? Wolves. 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 I think well, I think there's an I think there's a couple of shades of yellow. Um who else is wearing yellow? There are Arsenal's got a yellow kit. This year, right? Yeah, Arsenal's got a yellow kit. They're already red. Uh Villa, maybe? No, they got it. They got it. Don't Villa have like a pink kit or like a Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
know. It's it's tough. It's tough. They're matching the colors up as best as possible. Lutentown? Lutentown? Anyone in Lutentown? Yeah, it's Lutentown. They get the call up. They did? Oh, that's awesome. Had that's to get great. they had to get the call up. That's great. Um I mean Wolves would be the the obvious choice, I think, for a yellow kit. But I think Wolves got more like the orangish yellow kit. Because I think they're more isn't it more of like a orange kind of darker yellow. Yeah. More of a gold. Gold. So I think they got that kit. Okay. I don't know, but man, it was great. What we- about the ham? The ham doesn't have yellow. What's their other color? Uh, I mean, it's bluish and like a burgundy. I think there's like a burgundy color in there. Uh-huh. I think there was a lot. Of, there's a lot of different shades of red. Like West Ham and Aston Villa have similar colors. Yeah, there was a there's a lot of shades of red in there, and there's like basically every shade you can get. So that was a tough part. But yeah, great first week of red. Um. Burnley, Burnley's got a uh, yellow jersey. Uh, they didn't get the call up. Mm. Burnley's got a yellow jersey. They didn't get the call up. Nice. It also, but again, Burnley could also be easily confused with Aston Villa or West Ham. All the jer- all the colors look the same. All the jerseys look the same. Well, that's the thing. Like you're, when you're looking at twelve teams, like I'm pretty sure there's probably like twelve teams or ten teams. Yeah. And when you're looking at colors of jerseys that are readily available. Yeah. You you were um running pretty thin <laughs> on yeah. options. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like it's just like having black and white in your colors yeah. around here, right? Like you know if you show up in black, you better have that white. And if you know you show up in white, you gotta carry that black because yeah. you're always gonna find a conflict. Um, I wanted to I wanted to ask you something. So I wanted to as we start diving deeper into some of the topics that I wanted to talk about today. Um so yesterday my daughter started gymnastics and she's she has she took a couple months off gymnastics to do dance and now she's back in gymnastics. Um Simone Biles taking a couple t- couple months off and coming yeah. back. Yeah, there you go. Um so she's back at, at this place which has which is pretty big. Um and then so we drop her off and then we go upstairs and you can kind of watch from upstairs. Yep. If you want to. You know, a bunch of tables set up and stuff like that. Like I literally sat at a table where I could kind of see down to the floor and not kind of not. Is this the one by your house by the Raising Canes? Yes. Oh, yeah. I know know exactly. Sorry, I already know the My sister did gymnastics there, so I already know the layout. Yeah. So I'm upstairs. I'm sitting on the table, like kind of close to the railing, and but not really. Um, So I kind of see some stuff. And at one point, I saw her like trying to do a car wheel or something. Um, But at the same time, I'm starting to think about like, I'm, and I watch when I go to, place like that i don't watch her i end up watching other people yeah and i watch parents and i see how they, what they do and how they react so she has an hour class and for an hour well less than an hour because i had to go in the car with ethan because he wasn't necessarily behaving um but at the same time it started getting me thinking about the fact that ethan is going to start doing soccer shots at school so his his daycare uh for the preschool class that he just went into they have the ability to do soccer shots so we just signed him up for soccer shots because he said he wanted to do it so we said, we said, sure, you can do it. Um, so we signed him up for that. Um, so he's going to be doing that on Friday morning or something like that, which would be really cool. Um, Can't wait for the updates on that one. But it, but it got me thinking to the idea of like, again, he's going to start doing soccer. And this will be the first time he does soccer without one of us, whether it's myself or my wife. 
being there, right? Which I actually think is going to help him um, <laughs> to be a little more focused, hopefully. But at the same time, like, it, and and I mean focus in the sense of, like I just don't want him goofing around. Like, right? I don't care about whether he like develops some sort of passion for it or not. Like, yeah, I just want him to be active and actually like learn some structure. Um, but I'm starting to think about the idea that like, is it is it me that like I'm on the outside looking in to a certain extent, like? Or do I just not like because it's it now it's now I've caught myself doing it within soccer and not in soccer and other sports that I just like I care about what my daughter's doing for example or what my son's doing and I want them to enjoy it and I and I ask you know how it went did you have fun and all that stuff afterwards but I realistically in that moment like I don't pay attention to what she's necessarily doing because it's her thing like. As long as she's having fun, she's safe and she's enjoying it. Like the rest of it right now to me doesn't matter. So like I don't need to be a hawk watching from this perch. <laughs> like yeah. In there trying to figure out like so I get what you're saying. Um I mean, I think part of it is I mean, you got we and we know as coaches we have parents that are looking at different things. Like you have parents that are observing a skill for example, if your daughter's trying to do a back handspring in gymnastics yeah, and she's struggling with it, so it's like, can I get her a pad and can I work with, like, they, they have those questions. Can I work with her at home, right? They're just observing on how to, you see their child struggling and they know their child's trying to get it. How can I best help them at home to get to learn that skill? Yeah, but But you know what, though? Like, I get what you're saying, but but wouldn't that be something that, that should be brought up by the by the athlete per se or potentially the coach right so i've i've told my players at at odessa on the boys side that the best thing you can do um is is find a wall that you can kick a ball at um that you're allowed to kick a ball at right like that's not let's just let's those are two different things so make sure you're allowed to do it um but but that was me encouraging them. That wasn't me just going to the parents like you all of you need to get, you know, your kids a wall and like that. That's going to the kids. Now, granted, I'm coaching high school, so it's a little bit of a different dynamic and there's a lot more risk responsibility that's put on the player themselves. But even for even for my daughter, right? Like if if her coach or she came over and I'm watching, I'm like, man, you really struggle with your cartwheels, for example. So when we get home, we have a mat. You're going to do, you know, 10 cartwheels a day and a day or whatever you're going to try like. I almost feel like if she was struggling, it's not my responsibility necessarily to make sure unless she comes and says, Hey, I was struggling with car wheels. Can you help me? Or can I practice or can I practice at home or whatever? Then yes, absolutely. Sure. No problem. Or if the coach says, you know, we have, and even, even within that, like the idea of a coach is assign, assigning necessarily. Like when I tell my players, like you go find a wall and kick a wall, kick a ball at a wall it's unstructured in the sense that like you find the time that you want to put into it or not. Like it's not, you need to do 30 minutes every day or something like that. Right. Um, I think conditioning is a different standpoint. Like I think there are, there are certain levels of conditioning that you need to prepare for ahead of time for a season. Um, so you're not playing catch up later on, but, but again, we're talking different ages. I just, I just find it really interesting that parents are just constantly sitting there and I, I almost want to sit there and like almost create a survey of like or research of like interview. Well, here's my question: Does 
does the gym your daughter go to obviously yeah. have experience there? Do they still have the bottom part with the with the tinted glass that they can't yes. see inside of? No, you can see. You can see through it. The, the the athletes can't see to you. You can see the athletes. Yes, correct. So I like that for me was better because then like you know your kids can't see you like you think about a four or five six year old can't see you and then you can see them and be able to observe what they're doing and understand what they're doing and actually like learn the sport because i feel like some parents are trying to learn the sport and that may be why they're hawking over maybe they just understand the sport and they're trying to learn it but i also think that when you are like when, as a kid, if you, you know, complete a cartwheel and you turn around and look up, you see your parents looking at you, you, you kind of get that look like, oh, was it not good enough? Like, you know, that confidence. Yeah. So, I mean, I think parents, I mean, looking at the top parents at practice, I mean, I wish there was an observatory everywhere, right? Where you, where parents could just sit behind, you know, a tinted window and just watch and, or, or you know, obviously not saying sit in your car because I, parents are at a long day at work they want to walk around and stuff like that but i almost wish parents were like either not visible or like you know walking around so that they could still see but like you know just taking a walk walking you know there's parents who just walk around the complex and stuff like that i think that yeah and i i agree with you there like i'm open to the idea of parents watching practices but i'm open to the idea of what parents watching practices because you just happen to sit there and like you said you don't want to sit in your car i don't necessarily like the idea of like sitting there for for even like i'm not saying that everyone's in there to criticize but even just the idea that like you're sitting there to like the kids are seeking approval like, almost like the kids are seeking your approval right like it's not it's we had this conversation and this kind of leads me to my next point but we had this conversation with with the players yesterday uh or friday since we had to be inside because we had a little bit of a thunderstorm um, about what our expectations were for for each other, for the spectators or parents, and then for the coaches, right? So what the players' expectations were from that standpoint. And one of the players brought up that that the expectations for the parents is that it's just a game, right? It's just a game. At the end of the day, it's just a game. While there may be some players that are taking it maybe at times more serious than others or have other aspirations from it than, than just playing in high school, um, the reality is it's, it's just a game, right? So um, so remembering that aspect of it, that there is a process to the idea of winning. Um, we all want to win because we are all competitive individuals, but not at the sake of the process. Um, and it was really interesting because the fact that we're still trying to teach that, like it's, it almost seems like it's common sense, but for whatever reason, we still can't, like understand it like we still can't get we can't wrap our heads around the fact that there is a coach in place to do this job um after that everything else you should be doing as a parent as a spectator is encouragement from a positive standpoint of like yay you scored a goal or yay you won the game or yay or if you didn't yay you played a game you were active you weren't on your phone for that hour and a half period sitting at home doing nothing you did something else and if you were and if and it's it's funny because we teach we try to teach uh younger kids or or players this idea of empathy but at what point do we need to start teaching empathy to adults because 
we're starting to recognize the fact that we we in general the generations of like we started to realize that that empathy is something that it's not always naturally learned right you have to actually put some effort into the idea of teaching empathy but we're doing that with a younger generation which is great because hopefully for our future or for the future of the world it's going to reap we're gonna we're gonna see the benefits of it hopefully but what about the adults that are already that didn't go through those lessons before right like that's what we're missing yeah i mean you see it when you know you go to a u8 soccer game and there's a thousand people there i'm right. all for people being at the games and cheering their fun. I'm not for the idea of like run, run, yeah, shoot it, do this, do that. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, you see it at that age, and then as they get older, the the crowd gets thinner, and and the support kind of drops a little bit, right? Like the parents are just there; they're there to support their kids. But I, I mean, some teams are different than others, but the parents aren't as supportive as they were when they were nine, ten, eleven, twelve, growing up, right? Like again, the fan attendance drops. And the parents are kind of just like, hey, you know, they've got control over this. We kind of know what to expect. Um, but I also think that it, 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 the kids need still need that support. I mean, you go to an MLS game, you got a supporter section, right? You got twenty thousand people cheering for you. Don't get me wrong; I believe in the idea of support. Right. It's it's the this idea of watching over. Again, I think that's I think that's where your, your parents are almost coaching i just want to know right like i think i think i would like to know i almost feel like i want to take the the hour that my daughter's doing gymnastics and just go ask every single parent like that's sitting on that on that railing and go what do you like genuinely want to know like not from a judgment standpoint but just legitimately want to know like what are you looking for what are you watching what is the purpose like what's your why as to why you're sitting here and watching Mostly just to understand myself as to like why it is that I I'm not (laughs) to a certain extent, right? Like it's 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 almost that. Um, But as we move on from that part of it, like now, so one of the exercises that we did was talking about the idea of core values, right? And you and I have that have have had this discussion before, and you know how valuable that that is to me in general. Um, this idea of core values, but not core values just for the sake of having core values, but core values for the concept of like they have to mean something, right? They have to, they have to be something we can live by. Um, and I think it's different than having core values as you as an individual than them being as a team. So I wanted to get your perspective on team dynamics, whether you growing up or you playing college, like. Did you have this idea of core values and something that everybody kind of rallied behind to a certain extent from a team perspective? And if you didn't, what was that experience like? And do you feel like it affected the performance? Um, And what about people that just didn't buy into the idea of core values? Like, how do they fit in? Yeah, I can think back to my sophomore year. Um, We were high school or college high school. We had this discussion. Um, started practicing half hour later. We met in the cafeteria because I think we um we hit like a rock, not like a rocky point. We were very successful that season, but you could kind of see the team going two different ways. Like some people, you know, 
some of the upperclassmen obviously knew what it was like to to compete you know go to the state tournament stuff like that we were very successful a lot of a lot of youth on the team a lot of a lot of uh sophomores and juniors that never experienced that and freshmen that never experienced that we had to kind of rein in and figure out what our goal was for the season you know um our coach didn't conference championship was important don't get me wrong but our coach wanted us to still focus on every single game getting better competing getting results to get to that conference championship some guys were like oh we're going to 7-0 this team anyway and we're going to get the conference champ like you know just being super competitive and understanding what what's the team's why right the yeah. team's why is to get better to compete um and the same thing in the school i think we had some you know behaviors um stuff happening in school and out of school that was you know detracting from people's what people should be doing um and impacting them to get on the field we had a couple people that were suspended for the season opener after the full in school a couple people suspended in the middle of the game out of school problem so just understanding what everybody's why is and how it impacted the team and bringing the team together to to you know go for that ultimately compete for that conference championship but I think that year really did start. We talked about core values, what we wanted to do, and why we wanted to work for each other. Started when we went to we went to Washington College for one of those camps. And as a group, we got to bond together and learn learn about each other. And then you know, we were one of the few downstate schools out there competing against the upstate schools and just trying to be you know build us up. You know, we had player one through twenty two to be able to ultimately go out there and compete. But I think it's just important for the entire team to understand. Why are we here? You know, we're here to, rep you know, first of all, you're here to represent your school. Yeah. Represent, I mean, if it's not school, it's club, you're representing the badge. Yeah. Right. Definitely representing the badge. Um, then representing yourself. Uh -huh. I also think that then it becomes, if it's a school thing, well, it should always be anything, school or club, you know, grades, discipline in school those kinds of things because you're a student athlete those have to be super important because you have some parents that are really good about that stuff kids grades are dropping not getting their homework done not coming to practice right yeah. and then how does that impact your team yeah and, and um you know i actually sent a message out to my players because i know that mondays and wednesdays are a training day monday and wednesdays are also the day that middle school games are played right so realistically they have tuesdays thursdays fridays to kind of be proactive get work done in the and at home when they don't have extra training get that stuff done so that way it doesn't impact one your middle school team it doesn't impact us missing players missing from practice because you know they're not getting their stuff done at home yeah so i think that's important i mean that's another value that's super important i mean i think one of the rising values i mean it should always be important mental health yes making sure that people are always you know they're going through something they either have one a teammate to talk to i think i'm thinking of high school college i think we always had those teammates we knew that you know they weren't in the spotlight but they they were smart people that you can go up to the side and talk to you know hey i'm going through this can you help me with this we always used to reference the seniors you know go to your senior first go to your captains first go to your coach yeah and then kind of go from there but i think that's important as well as just having someone to talk to or if you know you're going through something talk to someone that's older than you you know if you're a sophomore and you're going through a hard time in school 
breakup or something. I don't know. Go talk to a senior and see, you know, how they how they handle that situation, what resources they could use to support you. Um, because again, that keeps the team intact. Kid, kid's girlfriend breaks up with him four hours before the game. He doesn't say anything. He has the worst game, and it impacts the team, but no one knows, right? So, like, yeah. if Coach Sebastian yells at him for eighty minutes to to stop passing the ball out of bounds, you just don't know, right? Yeah. But if you know, if you got a close knit team, team bonds around him, you know, they can somebody can let you know all to the side, and then you can kind of it impacts the way you kind of coach that kid that day, right? It's more encouragement versus you know, demanding. Yeah. And I mean, I think another value is just, um, value taking care of your body. Yeah. Right. So understanding how to take care of your body outside the game, you know, you're running two a days, three a days, playing multiple games in a week. How do I take care of my body? Um, that, that's huge. It's impactful, you know, and you know, as you move up, some high schools have probably had this already, but they got great athletic training facilities, ice baths, cold tubs, yeah. massage therapy all that kind of stuff some schools don't but understanding that and how that impacts your performance yeah for sure i mean one of the things <clears throat> just to touch on what you just said one of the things we're trying to figure out now is uh we have a lot of seven o'clock games for our varsity yeah. team um and the kids get out at 3 30 or at three o'clock from school so there is <clears throat> almost this very difficult window of letting the kids go home and come back uh, because the JV team, you know, is at four thirty, and we want everybody there for all the games. So, uh, or starts uh, warm ups at four thirty for a five thirty kickoff. So it's almost like, what do you do in that time? And now we got to start thinking about nutrition within that that period of time, right? So, do we let them have the, Do we have them eat something at three o'clock in the afternoon? When some of them may have had lunch at like one o'clock in the afternoon, right? Like you, you start kind of messing around with that. I, had lunch, I mean, remember times I had lunch at ten thirty. Yeah. We had a seven o'clock game and you know, we had to go travel all the way down state to, you know, any river, Laurel or any river, Sussex tech, something like mm-hmm. that. Right. Yeah. So how do I, as a high school kid with no vehicle, yeah. eat at 1030 yeah. and then prepare myself to like leave at three 30 to take the bus for the JV and the varsity and eat, find something to eat. And that this is not it. even close to talking about the idea which again it's also a part of the conversation of what about the kids that the only meal that they have access to is the one that they had at school right now all of a sudden you don't have food until or you don't you now are needed to perform at seven o'clock at night or something like that right like it becomes this whole entire like it's a very complex matrix to a certain extent of like how you handle each situation um but I think I think it is part of having the conversation within it. And I do think the idea of core values kind of fits. It's everything, right? It's it's it goes back to what you said, right? It's why we do things. Um, as you were talking about your sophomore year, um, I may have talked about this in the podcast before, but uh, Tuckman's model of team development, right? So uh, this guy named forget his first name. Uh, but Tuckman back in the 60s or 70s, uh, 65, um, Bruce Tuckman, sorry, Bruce Tuckman, Bruce Tuckman, uh, identified, uh, four at the time it was four, um, stages of group development. And then, um, one of his students, uh, then added the fifth stage back in 1977, but the stages are forming is, is a, so a team forms. Then you have storming, 
which is kind of what you were talking about. Like not everyone's on the same page and you're starting to realize that not everyone's on the same page. Then you have norming when you finally get on the same page. Then you have performing when now you're in the, now you're in the, now you're on the same page. You're pulling the same direction. Now you're actually starting to like find your groove within it. Like you're now you're now you're buzzing. Um, uh, so that's a fourth stage. Then the fifth stage, fifth stage is adjourning, which is the group completely breaks up, seasons over, that kind of thing. If we're looking at it from a soccer standpoint, and that is a step, that is a process because you know, for from a high school standpoint specifically, the the adjourning moment is senior night to a certain extent, yeah. right? You know, you you graduate X amount of seniors, and that team is no longer going to be the same. And next year, you go through the entire process again. So you're back to forming, you're back to storming, you're back to, and there is no escaping the the, the stages. No, it's a, it's inevitable, right? Like it's it's, it's inevitable, and it's it. not it's not that once you get to one stage and you pass another one, you don't get you know it's not like oh I don't have to go back to that stage. No, you still go back to it, right? So you can get to the performing stage and have something happen where you're back into storming, right? So you're kind of going back in circles. Um, but I think that's also why it's important to have core values because when you ine- inevitably hit that, that that storming stage, you always have this idea of why are we doing this? And if you have a set of core values, if you have a a list of things as to why it is that you're doing them, you can always reference them back to that, right? So someone gets out of line, right? Like someone, someone does something that um, within school, for example, right? So with off the field, but in the classroom kind of thing. And you have an idea of like how to hold somebody accountable, right? It's accountability to a certain extent. Um, and it is a lot of like the guiding, it's a, it's a guiding methodology of like why people do things, right? It's, it's realistically no different. I mean, um, we don't have to discuss religion, but it's no different than any other religion to a certain extent, right? right? All religions are a form of some sort of principle or some sort of guiding factor, right? Some sort of book that tells you what it is that you're supposed to kind of do or believe in. Right. That's no different, right? Like no in any, different in sports. Like it's no different in sports, right? You have rules that you have to live by, but at the same time, there are values that help you uphold those rules, right? So from a soccer standpoint, right? One of the one of the FIFA laws of the game is for for violent conduct, right? So you're not allowed to literally punch an opponent. Well, why aren't you allowed to punch an opponent? Well, because within the idea of the spirit of the game, you can have a rivalry or you can have an opposing team or an opposition, but it doesn't mean that you're physically trying to cause them harm. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's showing respect, right? So we start talking about the idea of respect from that standpoint. Um, so it's no different, right? It's there's there's a reason why there's rules and guidelines to every game. Yeah, and that's why there's that's why you have programs that are very successful no matter what their talent pool throughout the years, right? You look at some of the schools in high schools in Delaware, you say, Man, these you know, they might not have very good players, but you know what? They're gonna be ten and six or ten and seven every single year because those players from the day they walk in as freshmen to the day they leave as seniors understand the value the team culture yep. um and all those all those little details to 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 build that team if you know every day when you come to practice practice starts at 3 30 and you know that you need to be there by 3 15 to get dressed get changed get to the field 
Yeah. If your field isn't, you know, if your field is all the way in the back and there's no parking and you got to start walking back there, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not there by 3.30, coach is making you run. I'm pretty sure everybody's holding every single player accountable. And if yeah. you're that player that has to meet with the teacher, uh-huh. but you didn't communicate that to your coach and you show up at 345 late, coach does not care because you weren't proactive. You didn't, you didn't, withhold, you didn't go through those core values. You don't, you know, they always say, oh, you don't believe in the team. You don't care about the team because you're late. Sure. You were taking care of business with a teacher. Yeah. But we didn't know where you were. You know, we assumed that you walked out on us, that you gave up on us. Right. And that's a little bit extreme. Yeah. But at the same time, that goes back to, you know, hey, do you care about this team? Is this team like your family? Do you want to see us succeed? Because I guarantee you that kid will learn when the whole team has to run because of their mistake. One, not to make that mistake again. And that's probably the teammate that next year that is educating the freshmen or educating the new players. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got it. You got something going on. Let a captain know or let coach know. Or, you know, we're all going to be punished for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the lesson we learned in college, dude. Kids, the freshmen always had to do the laundry. Laundry wasn't hard. Put the laundry in the laundry machine, press a button, switch it over to a dryer after an hour. So you could, after practice, put the laundry in the laundry machine, go eat in the cafeteria, come out of the cafeteria, put the laundry in the dryer machine, come back, get it, and then put it in your car until the next day or take it back up to the locker room. But where did freshmen mess up? They didn't do it right after practice. So then they wait till the next day when they got class. You know, they don't have a car, so they got to carry the laundry up the hill by themselves. <laughs> they don't switch it over to the dryer in time. So they switch it over at 2.30. Practice starts at 3.30, so you get like a 30, 35-minute drying cycle. So with 30-plus uniforms, they're not dry. No. <laughs> So then you take it up and then you got upset players that, you know, socks are wet and jerseys are wet and shorts are wet and they're not all the way dry. They stink. Like you're going to learn a lesson. Like people are going to get on you about that. Right? It's responsibility, right? It's, it's caring. Responsibility. For, it's, it's also having a sense of pride for what you're, for your work ethic. Yeah. Right? You had, you had freshmen that would come up there. They would fold your shirt, fold, give you a pair of socks. Fold your shorts, put it in your locker. You love those days, or, or at least hang it up, right? And you'd have some that would just dump it all on the floor and say, grab it. And you know, those, when it was on the floor, you know, those were the kids that didn't care and didn't take a lot of time to do it. Yeah. It was an the difference, though. The kids that folded the laundry were the kids that probably uh, had longevity within the team. Well, we're not American. <laughs> 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 That's the difference. <laughs> well, but they they valued their spot. They valued the fact that they were actually there, right? Yeah, they, they were not the American kids. That was the funny part. They didn't get. They didn't take it for granted. The American kids hung it up on that hook like you would at school. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on before we get to the player of the match. Let's move on to some soccer news. Um, the NWSL, uh, the NWSL Challenge Cup. All right, so this was started back in COVID. When all the teams went out to Denver, Utah, 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 Salt Lake City, maybe something like that. Um, yeah, wherever the Utah, I don't think they, are they the Utah Royals still, or did they get sold? 
I think the original Utah Royals got sold in another Utah Ro- or got relocated in another Utah Royals. Yeah. So well, anyway, so there that that competition that started over COVID continued to go on. Um, and uh, yesterday was the final, and it was North Carolina Courage against uh, Racing Louisville. Um, and North Carolina won it two nothing. Uh, so they're back to back NWSL champions or NWSL League Challenge Cup winners. Um, That's their midseason Cup. tournament, right? Yeah, it's a midseason tournament. Um, you can kind of it's kind of a variation or or similar extent to somewhere between the League's Cup and the Open Cup. So it's uh it's while the season's going on, this is also happening. So Carolyn uh, from Brazil and then 19 year old Manaka Matsukubu Kubo uh, from Japan score the two goals for North Carolina. So North Carolina um, going on to win the uh, the Challenge Cup. So congratulations to them. So Utah Royals are now the Kansas City Current. Yep. Okay. Real Salt Lake owners uh-huh. established, and they will begin playing next year. As the Utah Royals again. Okay. All right. Here's your fun fact. Here's your Utah Royals fact of the fun day. Fact. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, player of the match. Player of the match. Man, I go by Tim Weah. Player of the match. Tim Weah? That, that touch by, by Weston McKinney. Player of the match. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the U.S. The U.S. beating Uzbekistan. Kind of close, but. Uh, they didn't try to beat them too. They didn't try to crush their hearts like the women's national team did. <laughs> they beat them nine nothing. <laughs> um, so uh uh yeah, so Tim Ware, nice. I like it. Um mine yeah, mine mine goes out to the Boca Juniors under 20 team. Uh Boca Juniors under 20 team played in the intercontinental championship, the under 20 intercontinental championship. So it's the winner of the um, uh, the U twenty Champions League against the U twenty Copa Libertadores. Uh, so Az uh, Alkmar from um, the Netherlands. Josie Altidore's former team. Josie <laughs> Altidore's former team. Uh, so they played at the Boca Junior Stadium. So this is the last time that this will this final will get played in uh, South America. Going forward, every year it'll start getting played in Europe. Um, so I didn't say Las Vegas. No, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so thirty-seven thousand people came to the Boca Junior Stadium to to watch Boca Juniors play against AZ. Um, going down to PKs and uh, Diaz Robles making two huge PK saves for a four-one PK win for Boca Juniors. So so big win for the for the young boys. Uh, all right. On this day in soccer history, I got two for you. Uh, September 10th, 1960. Uh, Stanley Steamer? Huh? Or no, Stanley Matthews? There is a Stanley Matthews thing on today. Yeah, I was about to say we haven't talked about him in a while. Yeah, Stanley Matthews, like the, the resident mascot of the broadcast. <laughs> I feel like we talked about him probably like the first episode. Um. All right, so uh, September 10th, 1960, uh, British TV, uh, so ITV wanted to broadcast Saturday evening matches. Uh, They wanted to do regular live football 
and it was an absolute failure. Um, uh, both yeah, teams probably had a TV, <laughs> and it was in black and white. Yeah, so uh, it was Blackpool and Bolton. Uh, and uh, no, it, poor TV ratings. So by the time next week and rolled around the 17th arsenal didn't want to they didn't want to have their their broadcast their 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 match televised against newcastle um neither the spurs the week after that against aston villa so itv abandoned the project um and it didn't come back until 1983 yeah i mean that's when people had color tvs you probably couldn't tell the difference between Arsenal wearing red and Newcastle wearing black and black and white. Yeah. So you probably had no idea what was going on. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So ultimately it didn't come back uh, a lot, another live league match until 1983. Um, so, um, and then the second on this day in soccer history uh, goes back to 1998, September 10th, 1998 in a very similar format. Um, Manchester United TV, MUTV launches as the first TV channel uh, um, dedicated to a single football team. Uh, So the idea was to get closer to to the team and to get to know the team and things like that. Um, Monthly £4.99 subscription. Um, so go ahead and add uh $45 to that, probably. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of crazy though. Um, it was, it was wholly owned by the club, uh, and it was an important income stream. Um, so really interesting because that, that did kind of establish a lot of like this idea of subscription based channels back in the day and back in 1998 it was not a it wasn't going to be the it wasn't a huge thing right like yeah Manchester United TV so you're just happy you're just happy if you had a TV guy and you didn't have to watch the TV guy channel to see what was on TV yeah there you go still hate hotels that don't have the TV guy and you gotta go to the TV guy channel because you don't have <laughs> in the hotel you don't have the channels yeah it's like, oh this is a good movie what movie is this <laughs> what am I watching uh, the Dan Simmons Fair Play of the Week Award. Um, mine is going to go out to the people that are starting to stand up for people that are doing wrong things. Uh, I'm not not standing up for people that are doing, standing up for what's going what's what's wrong. Um, uh, last night, Bruce Arena uh, officially resigned as the New England Revolution coach after being yeah. suspended for the last uh, six weeks. Um, while an investigation is happening for uh, allegations of insensitive and inappropriate remarks, uh, it's also I've also seen that it's been some racist uh, remarks that may have been said as well. Um, so he has decided that it is now time he was placed on administrative leave. Um, but now it's it's official that he's he's just resigned. He left. He's done. Um, and potentially I would say that this may be the end of Bruce Arena forever. Like, I don't think we'll see Bruce Arena coach again. No, I think that's why he resigned. So it's not worth it. 70 years old. And, uh, I can't take it. I can't, I 
can't take a team to the World Cup anymore. But and then, but at the same time, right? So it's also this happened. It's actually this is actually somewhat breaking news. Um, Anthony from Manchester United canceled, uh, canceled uh, leave of absence, kicked out of the Brazil camp. Um, after the first uh, after the first win um, against Bolivia in the uh, Concacaf World Cup qualifiers, and now uh, leave of absence after three women. Uh, three women uh, accused him of abuse. So, again, stop doing wrong things. Like, I don't understand. It's not hard to not abuse women. It's not hard to not abuse people. And it's not hard to not make insensitive or racial remarks towards anybody. I feel like it shouldn't be something that we continue to have to talk about. Like, I don't understand. Yep. How it continues to happen. This happens because guys have money and they think they are untouchable. <laughs> Just... Guess what, footballers? You are touchable because there are people that are in jail that are professional football players for doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So they go to jail. Like, yeah. It's not like Good. you can pay off the police. No, you should. You shouldn't be doing things like that. They get the police like to lock you up because they get in the news for positive things. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who is your fair play week? Mine's going up to Zach Hearn for coming through with that golf cart yesterday. Um, because we had, well, I was at the field watching, getting ready to watch my little cousin play, and a lightning alarm went off. And as soon as the lightning alarm went off, there was a torrential downpour that was awful. Came in clutch, scooped me on the golf cart, got me into the office, and saved me from being a wet dog. Because <laughs> this storm, we knew it was coming, and I think it jumped the gun by like five minutes. Yeah. And the aftermath was like a hurricane. <laughs> I'm serious. There was goals. They had just moved the goals for the game because there was a game right before there. Yeah. Sticking on the goals on the field, so they didn't even get a chance to move the weights. Goals flipped over. 11 v 11 goal moved from its place to midfield. Field hockey goals flipped over. It was crazy. That's nuts. And the game ended up getting canceled. Yeah. <laughs> they waited it out, but it ended up getting canceled. Um, well, it's good that it's good that somebody scooped you up. That's good. Somebody you know, scooped me up, man. I'm doing the right things. Oh, yeah. That one, that one, you don't want to. If I was doing the wrong thing, do you know what they would have let me do? Let you be the yeah, wet dog. <laughs> Let you be the wet dog. I've been the wet dog. <laughs> well, um, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DE Soccer Podcast at D Soccer Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always see the ball on your front foot.